Hello everyone, I'm Christopher Linfont, and welcome to Nest Talk, the most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Today we will review the Ravens Hall of Fame game played against the Chicago Bears last Thursday. We will also discuss recent injury news along with suspensions being lifted for Ravens players. Finally, we will talk about the upcoming preseason game this Thursday against the Los Angeles Rams. So to start our show off, as previously mentioned, we will talk about the Hall of Fame game. Um, the Hall of Fame game was was uh, held in Canton, Ohio, as always. Uh, this year it was against the Chicago Bears and our Baltimore Ravens. Um, the Ravens played, obviously, because of Ray Lewis. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this past weekend, along with uh, fellow linebacker Brian Urlacher of the Chicago Bears. So two linebackers, and of course Robert Brazil, the uh, linebacker for the Houston Oilers, was inducted as well. So these two teams uh, played the Hall of Fame game, and we got to see some really early insights into you know Ravens um, positional battles and how the overall team is shaping out this year. So a lot of encouraging things was uh, happened in this game, but you know some other things that you know weren't discouraging per se, but like somewhat surprising. Um, not really what we were hoped for. So the first, um, we're gonna. The first thing we're gonna talk about is we're going to um, specifically mention players here. Um, typically in a game recap, I'll mention you know how things played out and and the way the game fell. You know the dominoes fell in the game and you know how it shaped out and who won, who lost, why they won, why they lost. Except in this situation, the preseason we're not really specifically looking for wins. We're looking for players winning, to, so to speak. Uh, we want to see these players develop over time and see who's going to make the roster. So it's important that we take a look at these players and really get an insight into um, how they are doing and how they're progressing, especially with a lot of the Ravens um, positional groups this year being so backed up and so uh, deep in talent. Um, so the first player we're going to talk about, Robert Griffin III, the former Heisman Trophy winner. Um He's been around the block, was with the Redskins for a long time, went to the Browns for a year, but of course, uh, as you all probably know already, his injuries have really, really hurt his career um, throughout his time in the NFL. So, uh, Robert Griffin III, originally supposed to be, you know, the backup for the Ravens, his um, his position is somewhat um, in jeopardy now with Lamar Jackson. Uh, many people speculate that the Ravens are only going to take two quarterbacks to the regular season and you know that's that's not that um far-fetched especially since the Ravens typically do do that but he is listed as the second quarterback on this roster right now um which means the Ravens might want to keep him if they feel Lamar Jackson isn't prepared for the regular season and we're going to get to Lamar Jackson right after Robert Griffin III um that's going to be really interesting when we talk about Lamar Jackson but specifically with Robert Griffin III he looks pretty uh decent out there um, he completed seven of his 11 passes for 58 yards uh, through one touchdown and one interception. Now, I want to talk about the interception. I would not say that interception is Robert Griffin's, Robert Griffin III's fault at all. Um, it was actually a beautifully placed ball right into the hands of Rashad Perryman. But as we all know and have uh, seen with Rashad Perryman, you cannot count on him no matter how accurately a ball is placed. Uh, he flat out dropped the ball and tipped it up in the air and basically a Chicago Bears defender came over and picked it off so that was not exactly a good play for Brashad Perryman uh, we're gonna talk about him too but I wouldn't penalize Robert Griffin III for that so Robert Griffin III really if you adjust the statistics 
he should be 8 for 11, in, in all honesty. Um, he did pretty well, uh, finished with a quarterback rating of 69.5. Again, that interception kind of skews the stats there. Um, he did run a little bit, too. Um, it was good to see him run without really getting hurt. He ran three times for nine yards. He got sacked three times as well. Uh, one was a strip sack, but that was a sack that didn't actually count, so that would have been his, the fourth sack. That sack did not count because the sacking player was offsides on the Chicago Bears. So RG3 overall a good day. He's making a case not only to make the Ravens roster, but another team's roster should the Baltimore Ravens uh, part with him at the end of this offseason. So now moving on to Lamar Jackson. Um, I'm going to skip Josh Woodrum here because Josh Woodrum played how we would think, 6 or 6, 37 yards, you know, roughly, you know, an average quarterback. You know, he might make a practice team somewhere. But moving on to Lamar Jackson, not a specifically good day for the rookie. Um, he looked pretty shaky, but at the same time, it's how a rookie would look in a preseason game. You would think, you know, first preseason game, he's adjusting to the NFL life, NFL style. He's got to change um, some of the things that he does, you know, some of the progressions he does. He, he's not ready for it, you know. He, he wants to take off and run a little too much, and he's getting hit a little bit more than he should. Making some bad reads here and there, some inaccurate throws. It, it's all what you would expect of a rookie learning the NFL system, and that's exactly what happened with Lamar Jackson. He threw four completions out of 11, I'm sorry, out of 10 passes for just 33 yards. Um, so that's an average of 3.3 yards per attempt. Uh, if you compare that to RG3's 5.3 and Josh Woodrum's 6.2, uh, he's nowhere where you need to be. Um, but it's still, of course, early in, in the offseason. Um, he did have a very nice drive. He had a touchdown drive where he did run a little bit, and he also through through the air to Hayden Hurst a few times. Um, Hayden Hurst scored the touchdown, uh, the only touchdown Lamar Jackson uh, scored of the night. Lamar Jackson also threw an interception. It was um, a very poorly thrown ball. It was probably a very bad read. I'm not sure if he was trying to hit the guy on the outside and missed, or he just didn't see the cornerback there. But he threw to the wrong side of the receiver as the receiver was trying to head out of bounds. He threw to the other side of him, and it was easily jumped by the corner. Um... So he's got a long way to go. Um, I said last week that I would expect him to have around 40% completion, and that's exactly what he had, 40% completion. Um, so we're going to have to see how well he does in the future of the preseason, and then eventually when he gets into the regular season, undoubtedly, not as the starter, but as in some trick play capacities, maybe in a wildcat formation. Uh, he'll get some, him, some reps in those situations as well. Overall for this preseason, for the five games he does have, we want to see his... Um, completion percentage increase we want to see his average per attempt increase and that interception number to kind of disappear over time uh jackson also took three sacks um for 18 yards total he finished with 42.9 quarterback rating not really that great for a quarterback uh, he also ran the ball eight times for 25 yards for 3.1 yards a carry uh, his longest run was 10 yards um so essentially robert Griff i'm sorry lamar jackson He's not used to the speed of NFL players, and he kind of said that in a press conference afterwards. It kind of surprised him a little bit. So when you have these very fast uh, players coming at you, you're not really going to escape them. I mean, in college, yeah, he's going to take off and run because no one's going to be able to catch him. But in this situation, um, he's not going to be able to do that. Okay, so moving on from Lamar Jackson, who is obviously the main attraction of the night, we have Gus Edwards, um, who performed very well at running back. Gus Edwards, the rookie, undrafted rookie out of Rutgers, 
played very well um, at running back. He's obviously leading the undrafted rookies at this point um, t- for probability to make the team. Probably he and Janarian Grant, also from Rutgers, both see openings that they might be able to take um, hold of. But it's still very early in the process, and we're going to have to wait at least to preseason game three or even the fourth one to really under- to really see, you know, and understand who has the greatest chance of making the roster for an undrafted rookie on this team. So Gus Edwards, uh, for the night, he had 10 carries for 35 yards, so 3.5 yards per carry. Not the best um, statistic, but, you know, getting er- getting out early on is, is uh, important. And, you know, it, it's a decent one for a running back. But he, by far, was the running back with the most carries. Uh, second in carries was Lamar Jackson, and he's a quarterback, obviously. Not sure how many of those were designed runs versus um, improvising. Um, but for running backs, Mark Thompson got five carries. Delance Turner, three. Uh, none of the top three running backs on the depth chart, whether it be Alex Collins, Javorius Allen, or Kenneth Dixon, none of them took a snap. So Gus Edwards led the group. His longest run of the night was 16 yards. Now, Gus Edwards also caught a ball for 23 yards. He actually led the Ravens receiving core in uh, total receiving yards with 23. So that's a little interesting fact there. Um, so overall, very nice night for Gus Edwards. Now the second receiver on the uh, total yardage list was Tim White. Tim White caught two balls for 20 yards, so 10 average. Uh, his longest uh, reception was 17 yards, and he was targeted three times, so he got two of the three passes, so that's pretty good for Tim White. Tim White is trying to make the roster this year. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Tim White as he has some injury issues. Uh, we'll talk about that later on in the show. Uh, moving on, now I want to discuss Brashad Perryman, um, the perennial you know, kind of disappointment for the Ravens here. We're really hoping he can pull it together this year, but if not, he might not make the roster. He had two catches for 19 yards. Um, his longest was 10, so, you know, average 9.5. He didn't do terribly, um, but the real main issue was the interception. He, he dropped the uh, really easy catch for an interception, and that killed the first drive and allowed a bear score, uh, consequently. Just unacceptable for Bashad Perryman, drafted in the first round a, couple, a few years ago. He, he's got to... Um, really put his act together here, and and if he wants to make the roster, he's got to um, limit these drops and limit these terrible plays, because last year it was just awful, and the Ravens can't afford to uh, keep him around much longer if he's not going to help the team in any capacity this season. So another first-rounder, this is rookie Hayden Hurst now. Uh, Three catches for 14 yards and one touchdown. He was targeted four times, the one, well, really five times. One was a flag. Um, he got hit in the end zone pretty hard, and they call and the uh, referees threw the penalty flag at the defense, saying it was an unnecessary roughness play. Um, I didn't really agree with that, you know, just looking at it unbiasedly. But it did give the Ravens, you know, another chance at the end zone there. But the first target that was missed um, to Hayden Hurst was by Lamar Jackson. It was just a way overthrown ball. No way he could have possibly got that, even if he jumped as high as he possibly could. He was never going to catch that. So Hayden Hurst, um, three receptions, 14 yards. Looked pretty good out there. Um, have to say I was very impressed. Um, he's very, very large compared to some of the cornerbacks that the Chicago Bears had. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays against the Los Angeles Rams 
whether he makes it up to the first team reps um, in that preseason game. We'll have to wait and see. But I do think Hayden Hurst is going to be a solid addition for the Baltimore Ravens, um, especially with you know his his overall stature. He's huge, and he looked. Uh, I saw someone said he looked like a god amongst men out there, and that's really what he did look like. No one was able to stop him except for the unnecessary roughness uh, penalty out there was the only way to stop him from catching a ball that you know he actually had a chance to catch. So very very nice night for Hayden Hurst, and uh, very encouraging for him in the future. Okay, so moving on now, uh, Orlando Brown Jr., another rookie, this one out of Oklahoma, the third-round pick. He was originally supposed to be a first-round pick. Um, many people considered him a first-round pick, including myself, until he had a dreadful combine um, where he just did not look good at all. Um, it, it, was, it was pretty bad, to say the least. But I do think it was unfair to um, rate him so poorly based on the combine because I do think the tape speaks for itself in many instances. And in his instance, I really felt the tape really showed a first-round prospect. So Orlando Brown performed pretty well at right tackle. He is competing for that right tackle spot. Um, whether he earns it or not really depends on the perform his performance this um, this preseason, along with in training camp. Uh, he is competing with James Hurst, who just signed an extension this past year with the Baltimore Ravens. But James Hurst could be moved around, maybe back into guard or you know, potentially center. He's very versatile. He can play basically anywhere along the line. Alex Lewis or Nico Saragusa might start left guard, but if the Ravens want to move Hurst left guard and keep Orlando Brown at right tackle, that might give them the best results on the offensive line. Um, so, yeah, he looked pretty well at right tackle. No surprise there. I thought he was going to do pretty well. He did pretty well. Um, who was surprising uh, last Thursday was Kamalai Correa. So if you don't know, Kamalai Correa was drafted in the second round out of Boise State by the Baltimore Ravens um, in 2016, I believe it was. Now Correa was an outside linebacker coming into the draft, but the Ravens decided to move him to inside linebacker. And that move proved to be very futile for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, he did not do well at all an inside linebacker. He barely actually played an inside linebacker. Um, and there was talk of cutting him this offseason. Now, he did phenomenally well. Um, actually, more than phenomenally well. He earned um, our, at the Baltimore Feathers, um, Ravens Player of the Game Award. So, um, just to give you an insight of how well he actually did, um, here are some statistics of Kamalai Correa in that game. So, he recorded three sacks. So, you know, three sacks, even in a preseason game, that's hard to do. Um, one of those sacks caused a forced fumble, and he also intercepted a ball. Now he had six uh, tackles total as well. So, you know, creating two turnovers, three sacks, it, it was a monstrous night for Kamala Correa. Um, this is really going to help him make the roster. And, you know, his, his move back to outside linebacker is really what caused it. The outside linebacker position is his natural spot, and he does very well when placed in that. Um, another standout for the night was Patrick Ricard. Uh, Patrick Ricard is the Ravens fullback slash defensive lineman. Um, they didn't, he didn't play a whole lot of fullback um, that night. You know, that wasn't really the Ravens, uh, what the Ravens wanted to do with him. 
last Thursday. They really wanted to see him back at defensive tackle, see if he still was able to provide the Ravens something nice. Uh, he, he played overall well at that position, and he really shows his versatility off, uh, being that he can play both positions, which makes him a very valuable player, not just at one position, but at two. So he'll be something to watch this season as he gains a little more recognition for his uh, tremendous abilities as a fullback, and of course, um, as he will probably be on the roster listed as a defensive tackle as well. Uh, Bronson Kafusi, the third round pick from 2016, was picked right after uh, Kamala Correa was. Um, defensive end out of uh, BYU, I believe it was. Kafusi, um, he showed off his awareness with a fumble recovery. Now, Kafusi has also disappointed the Ravens since 2016, but um, he does look like he might make the roster this year. It's still up for debate. And we won't be able to uh, really um, say whether or not he'll probably make the roster until probably the last preseason game. is going to come down to the wire, I believe. But he did show off his awareness with a nice fumble recovery. Uh, very good um, awareness on that play. But he didn't really do much else. Uh, didn't really, you know, make a whole lot of tackles. Didn't really show off in any other dimension. So, you know, nice play, but needs more out of, uh, we need more out of Bronson Kafusi going forward. Um, Patrick Onwasar and Kenny Young both competed at inside linebacker last Thursday night. Now, Patrick Onwasar is the veteran in this inside linebacker room, uh, not counting C.J. Mosley, of course, and Kenny Young, the rookie out of UCLA. Both did very um, well, but neither really pulled away from the other. Um, so I thought that Onwasar would actually pull away from Kenny Young in this game, just based on his experience, but that wasn't really the case. Both did fairly well and neither made a huge mistake in any capacity um so this will be an interesting battle to watch uh moving forward as the ravens really need to solidify the inside linebacker position aside from cj mosley if they can get two very good inside linebackers then the unit will be very good moving forwards uh moving on to the secondary um the two safeties that play in the game, Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott. Clark, the second-year player, and Deshaun Elliott, the rookie out of Texas. Uh, they played very well. Uh, Chuck Clark actually caught an interception in the game. I believe it was actually the first interception of the game. And Deshaun Elliott had solid coverage all night, along with um, some very hard hits. Uh, so that was very encouraging to see. That was something he did a lot of at Texas, um, those hard hits and the uh, solid coverage. He's also got some ball skills, so we'll see if he's able to pick up a pass um, tomorrow night, this Thursday, but we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Now the cornerbacks in the game, um, two cornerbacks that stood out, not really for great things, Bennett Jackson and Darius Williams. Um, Jackson was okay, but got some penalties in there and Darius Williams struggled, um, you know, to cover, uh, that was an issue for him. Uh, I don't think either of these players will make their roster and, you know, their, their, um, their performances Thursday night really didn't help them uh, help their case anyway. Okay, so that's the Hall of Fame game recap. Uh, if you missed the game, the final score was 17-16, the Ravens over the Bears. It came down to the wire. The Bears scored a touchdown late and went for a two-point conversion but did not get the conversion. So prevented overtime and the Ravens won. Uh, they've got a bit of a streak going. I believe it's nine games in a row they've won in the preseason. So hoping we can continue that streak into the regular season this year. Okay, so moving on to some more news-related topics. Uh, the Ravens have a lot of injury news. Um, have a lot of injury news to go over today. So Marshall Yonda 
um, is back on the field for the first time this offseason. He sustained an ankle fracture last year and stayed off the field for the entire year because of it. He also had shoulder surgery um, this past offseason, which kept him off the practice uh, field for quite a long time. But he is now back. He was cleared last week um, in a physical. The Ravens doctors gave him a physical, um, and he was able to pass that physical. He was taken off the physically unable to perform list, the PUP list for short, and has been... Uh, reinstated and is back on the field. So this is very encouraging news for the Ravens. Uh, Marshall Yonda is a Pro Bowl right guard, uh, an excellent, excellent guard. Very good in both run and block. Uh, I'm sorry, run blocking and pass blocking, and is crucial for the Ravens' offensive line to have Marshall Yonda back in this roster. Okay, so moving on to the next injury um, bit of news, Tim White. Uh, the wide receiver competing for the return specialist position uh, has an undisclosed injury. He's missed practice for most of the week. Uh, he was not on the field when I was down there this past Sunday. So we don't really know what his injury is. The Ravens have not specified what's wrong with Tim White. Um, it's doubtful that he would play tomorrow night, Thursday night, against the Los Angeles Rams. Um especially since he has no practice regarding the injury. Even if he was healthy, he had no practice all week. I don't think they would play him. Um, and this would give, uh, you know, return specialist Janarian Grant a, a lot of opportunity here. Uh, he's probably going to get more time as a returner. They'll also probably put in Jordan Lasley and maybe Willie Sneed. I was not, I did not realize this going down to practice this past week, but Willie Sneed really, um, I, not really stood out, but he, he was on the field as a, return specialist. Uh, I did not realize the Ravens were actually trying to fit him in in this position. Maybe he was just there because Tim White was injured. I don't know. But it seems like the hierarchy right now is Tim White, Janarian Grant, um, Jordan Lasley, and then Willie Sneed at the return position. So, you know, we'll have to see what this injury is with Tim White. Hopefully it's nothing serious. But, you know, this does give undrafted rookie Janarian uh, Grant some time to really... Um, stand out. And he's done fairly well. He looked good in practice. He looked, even as a receiver, he looked good in practice. But um, a few days ago, when the Ravens started their um, Rams training camp uh, practices, maybe it was yesterday. It was one of the two days. Um, Grant had a return, uh, a touchdown return uh, into the end zone. And on his way in, he kind of wiggled the ball at one of the Rams players. And, you know, one of the uh, refs there just drew his flag and penalized him for it. And the special teams coordinator, Jerry Rosberg, and John Harbaugh were livid at um, Janarian Grant, and obviously so. And uh, obviously they had a good reason for it because you can't take stupid penalties like that, especially, you know, off of a touchdown and you're giving the opponent like 15 yards on the next play. So that's really not uh, acceptable in any um, manner. So... He'll have to learn and move on from that. But it'll be interesting to see how this positional battle takes place moving forward, especially with White's uh, injury concerns here. He, was, he had a broken thumb last year. If it's the thumb or that hand, it might be uh, difficult for the Ravens to really uh, think they can rely on him this year. So we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. Um, Kenneth Dixon also found himself injured again. Um, it's nothing new with Kenneth Dixon. His job is in jeopardy this year because of the massive amount of injuries he's sustained since being with the Ravens. There has yet to be a year when he hasn't missed a game 
uh, drafted in 2016, missed four games in 2016, missed the entire year last year. He needs to really get his act together here. I mean, some of it's not his fault, right? Some of these injuries aren't his fault. You know, you can't really, you know, pan, uh, put that on a player, some of these, some of the injuries. But he did have a suspension last year, too. If he, um, I think it was either substance abuse or PED policy. I'm not really sure which one it was. But the Ravens need to be able to rely on him. And if they can't rely on him on injuries, and he, you know, the thought of him getting suspended uh, again, that would really discourage them from keeping him on the roster. And then you have Gus Edwards, Mark Thompson, and Delance Turner all, you know, just sitting below him, looking up, trying to steal his position. So, not good for Kenneth Dixon. Um, this was described as an ankle tweak. He rolled up on it. We're not really sure how serious it is. He did leave practice early a couple days ago. We'll have to wait and see uh, how this plays out with him. Um, Tony Jefferson is the last major uh, Raven injured right now. He's got a hamstring injury. Uh, I think he self-described it as a hamstring pull. It's not supposed to be serious, but I do doubt he will play this Thursday. Tony Jefferson, obviously, the Ravens starting strong uh, safety. He and Eric Weddle constitute one of the better safety duos in the league, although Jefferson did struggle a bit in the scheme last year, but overall should improve this year. Uh, hopefully Jefferson can stay healthy moving forward this offseason and into the regular season. The Ravens really need to see him do well um, for the defense. Okay, so that's all the major injury news. Hopefully no other injuries occur between now and next week. I don't really want to be talking about somebody pulling or tearing their ACL in next week's episode. That would not be optimal to say the least. Um, but here is some interesting uh, news. This is this happened yesterday. Ravens tight end Darren Waller was reinstated after a year-long suspension by the NFL. So that was Waller's second suspension in his career. He was suspended for four games the previous year and then all year last year. Um, this is uh, has to do with the PED policy. Um, he's had issues. He was very open about his issues in college, has some issues continuing on into the NFL about um, performance-enhancing drugs and marijuana and all that. So, the Ravens um, cut undrafted wide receiver Jalen Acklin to make room for Darren Waller. Darren Waller, um, he's very talented. He's a big-bodied 6'6", uh, tight end who's pretty good in the return, uh, receiving game. But the problem is, can the Ravens rely on him? Um, I don't really think so at this point, and he's got a very limited chance to make the roster. You have Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews, who are lock-solid on the roster at this point, the two draft picks, one and three. Um, then you have Nick Boyle, who will probably make it as a blocker, and Max Williams, who is on the bubble as well, along with Vince Maley. Darren Waller's dead last in this tight end race. I don't see any way he could possibly make the roster at this point. He'd have to, you know, stand out extremely well and prove that he's somehow the best um, tight end on this roster or else he's not going to make the team. Uh, personally, I don't I don't really want him to make the team at this point because I don't think he's going to be able to stay on the field with all these off-the-field off issues. So the Ravens may as well just cut him um, by the end of this offseason. So, okay. Enough with the depressing um, injury news and then, of course, the suspension issues that some of these Ravens players have. Let's move on to our preseason preview of the Ravens and Rams game that will take place tomorrow at uh, Thursday at 
7.30 p.m. So there's about five storylines that I outlined in uh, my preview and predictions article on BaltimoreFeather.com, which you should definitely check out, by the way. Um, so these five storylines are as follows. So we have the starters for the first time are playing. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he's got to really um, improve his game. The inside linebacker competition's heating up. Kamalai Correa is coming off of a major game, a major successful game. And, of course, a special teams battle, which will unfold um, this Thursday. So, starting with the starters, obviously. How is Joe Flacco and the offense going to play? So, Joe Flacco, this is his first preseason action since 2016. He said he will play maybe a drive or two. Obviously, the entire offense will probably play with him. We'll probably see Crabtree, John Brown, and Willie Sneed all out there. Maybe, probably Alex Collins in the uh, starting offensive line for maybe a drive or two at most. I really think it's just going to be one drive. Um, so how are they going to do in the in the uh, one or two drives they get? I don't think they're going to score a touchdown, honestly. I think they're going to be a little rusty to start. You know, the, the reports coming out of training camp, because I wasn't there for the – I was not there for the uh, Rams practices – is that the offense somewhat struggled a bit against the Rams. Nothing too serious, but you could tell they were kind of rusty, um, not playing against anyone but themselves for a while. So I think they'll score a field goal. They'll get into field goal range, and uh, Kara Vedvik will put it up, unless Justin Tucker is the one to do it. Whoever it is is going to put it up. They're both very good kickers. But um, let's go over a field goal. You know They'll have a balanced attack. Probably we'll see... Alex Collins run the ball three or four times. Joe Flacco throw the ball three or four times. You know, try to balance things out, see what works for them so far. Because it's just all preliminary here. They just want to make sure everything is moving efficiently and nothing is, like, just a terrible idea to do. So they, they'll probably, you know, experiment with different plays and different formations in the uh, time they do give them on the field, the Ravens coaches do. So, again, I don't think they're going to score a touchdown. They'll score a field goal on the one drive that I know they'll get. I don't think they're going to get another drive, but if they do, um, maybe another few will at most, but I doubt they'll get anything on it. You know, overall, they're just trying to uh, just move the ball around and, and just get some much-needed practice. Lamar Jackson is our second storyline to watch. Uh, Lamar Jackson really needs to move on from that rocky preseason debut he had last weekend. I'm sorry, last week. It was a Thursday night game. Um, not a, We went over his stats earlier. Not a very good... Um, debut. Uh, he's got to improve his accuracy and then football uh, logic. Some of the moves he made were, were questionable. Um, a lot of the running around in the pocket and trying to escape, you know, sometimes he just ran into people. He, he's not, you know, he's got to get used to the, the idea that everybody's as fast as him or, you know, slightly, you know, he's slightly faster than everybody, but it's not that huge of a deal. They're going to catch up to him eventually. Um, he's got to make better reads. Uh, better decisions, you know, watch out for those cornerbacks, try to put the ball on the other side of the receiver as he's heading out of bounds, give him that shoulder grab on the sideline, um, all those things jumble into one uh, big improvement box and, you know, open the box and make those improvements. So we'll see how he does this Thursday. He'll get some extensive time again. Um, I think he'll probably have about 45% completion rate in this game, um, whether or not he scores a touchdown, you know, I think he probably will, maybe on a scramble or something, but, uh, you know, it, it's not going to be um, his prettiest game ever, um, but we want the steady improvement. We want to see him get to about 55 to 60% completion by the end of this preseason, so if he, if he steadily improves every game, that's all I care about. It's not, you know, you don't need to have him be a Super Bowl MVP by the time this 
um, this preseason's over. Okay, so the inside linebackers competition, uh, Kenny Young and Patrick Onwasar. Nobody really pulled away from each other last week. Uh, we're going to continue to see this this battle develop between these two players. I think that um, overall, Patrick Onwasar has the upper uh, the upper hand in this battle because of his um, experience and that he's you know been in the NFL for a little while now. Starter last year. Kenny Young coming out of UCLA is going to be a little different for him playing. It's not the Pac-12 anymore. But it seems that, you know, in the first game, it really didn't matter. Both played basically the same. No major differences between the two players. Um, so, you know, it, it's, any man's, uh, it's any man's game here. It's any man's position to grab. Look, somebody else from the outside could come in and grab it, but it's really between these two players here. One of the other is going to eventually win it. I do think um, both of them will get play time in the regular season, but someone's got to be the uh, designated starter here. Um, I think over in the end it's going to be on Wassar, but Kenny Young is going to give him a run for his money. We'll see how it plays out I th in this preseason game upcoming. I think that on Wassar will probably do slightly better than Pat uh, than Kenny Young here, but we'll have to wait and see. You know, my prediction was. Uh, Unwasser would do better last week, but obviously they played roughly the same way. Uh, no one really did that poorly or made any crucial mistake to uh, push the other out of the competition, or in front of the competition, I should say. Okay, on to Kamalai Correa, the most surprising, pleasantly surprising um, player of last week's game. So we talked about it. We talked about it earlier that Correa was uh, on fire last week. Um, so the question is. Is he going to do what he did last week again this week? Uh, my answer, no. No way. I mean, look, last week was just a phenomenal week. There is no way Correa is going to be able to pull that off again. He's going to do well. He's just not going to be able to do uh, that well again. Um, I think he'll get maybe a sack, maybe two at the most. He'll get some tackles in there, you know, maybe a deflection or something. But overall, he's going to do well, but he's not going to be able to perform the way he did last week, because last week was just unbelievable. You know, it, it's it's very rare to get three sacks in one game, the hat trick there. So, um, yeah, he's going to have to have a good preseason the rest of the way. Um, hopefully this is not just like a uh, one-hit wonder here, because he does need to um, show off in order to make the roster this year. It's a bit crowded at the uh, outside linebacker position. You know, you got Matt Judon, Terrell Suggs obviously leading the way, but you have uh, Zadarius Smith and Tim Williams in there along with Tyus Bowser. You're going to have to uh, to really, really push forward and, and, and uh, do well in this situation. So, you know, he did well last week. We'll see what he does. If he performs the same way as he did last week this week, it would be quite remarkable, but I don't think um, he'll be able to do that again. Okay, the final uh, storyline to watch here is the special teams battle. Now the Ravens and Rams... Have two of the better special teams units in the league. Um, obviously, the Ravens' John Harbaugh was a former special teams coordinator, and of course, Jerry Rosberg's been with the organization, I believe, since Harbaugh took over the organization. Um, great histories with, you know, uh, Matt Stover years ago and, and uh, Justin Tucker now at the kicker position. You had Jacoby Jones as the returner, one of the best returners uh, the Ravens ever saw, and then, of course, one of the best returners in the league at, the, at his time. Uh, bit, the Ravens have fallen off a bit at the uh, return game since then, so they're going to want to see someone come in and, and really make some waves uh, and try to replicate what Jacoby Jones did. Um, 
back in like you know between 2012 and 2014 in, in his real uh, prime days. Is it going to be Janarian Grant? Um, maybe. You know, it's still hard for me to tell. I think Janarian Grant overall had a better day than um, than Tim White did, just slightly. But Tim White still looked good out there as a receiver more than Grant did. So it's going to be a very tough competition between these two. Tim White is now dealing with an injury. We're not really sure what that's about. But what we do know about that is it's going to give Janarian Grant an opportunity here. And if it is a serious injury, then uh, Tim White is going to take a serious hit in his uh, stock. And uh, he may not make the roster if it is serious. But if he if it's not serious, he's going to have a much better chance to make the roster than Janarian Grant. But Grant does look good um, in the limited time he's gotten. And, of course, uh, in his training camp, when I went down there, he looked pretty good. We're going to have to see how it pans out for the both of them. Um, I can't really predict either way. Uh, I can go to really either of them at this point. So we'll have to just wait and see. Okay, so you're probably all wondering, Chris, what's your uh, final prediction here for the Ravens and Rams? Are the Ravens going to win this game? Probably not. Um, what I've been hearing out of training camp is that the Ravens have kind of stuttered uh, in the two days they faced the Rams. Um, and overall, they're probably a deeper team. At, coming off the playoffs last year, they only improved adding Aqib Tlaib, um, Marcus Peters. You've got Brandon Cooks coming in. Ndamukong uh, Sue is there right now. It's going to be a very, very um, interesting team to watch next year. They're pretty darn good. I don't think uh, even, you know, some of these uh, backups are pretty good. I don't think the Ravens are going to be able to win this preseason game. I think the final score will be 28-17 to Rams over Ravens. Uh, as I mentioned before, I think the Ravens offense will, uh, the, the starters at least, will score a field goal. I think that will be the first score of the game. Ravens defense, I think, will give a touchdown pass away to Jared Goff in the time he's on the field to Brandon Cooks. Uh, I think Marlon Humphrey is going to get burned on that. I'm sorry, Marlon Humphrey, but... Uh, You've kind of had some issues looking down the field this uh, preseason and training camp. Then Robert Griffin's going to come in. Uh, he'll lead a touchdown drive. Maybe Gus Edwards is going to score it uh, on the ground. That'll put the Ravens up 10-7. Uh, then the Rams are going to come out and score 21 unanswered points. Uh, that'll be kind of interesting. I think Malcolm Brown and Justin Davis, each of them are going to run in a touchdown on the Ravens' uh, rush defense there. And, of course, um, then you have... Uh, um, Sean Mannion, he's going to throw to Fred Brown for a touchdown. Uh, Lamar Jackson is going to struggle during this time when the Rams are getting those 21 answer points. Uh, the defense is eventually going to stabilize, but um, Jackson is going to throw um, a, two interceptions. Might be back-to-back on drives, I'm not sure. He's going to complete roughly 45% of the passes, so slight upgrade in that um, dimension. But um, it's not going to be that great. You know, under 50% is not good, but I do think he'll improve from last week. I think the Ravens will score one more touchdown late in the fourth quarter. Uh, Lamar Jackson will take a long run into the end zone, and that'll end it there at 28-17, to Rams over Ravens. Those are just my predictions. Uh, hopefully they do a lot better than that, but, you know, going off, going off what I know now, uh, that's what I think is going to happen. Okay, so that'll conclude today's Nest Talk episode. Uh, a few minutes shorter than normal. Usually we run for 45 minutes. It's about 39 minutes right now. I hope you all enjoyed uh, today's episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. 
You can follow uh, Nest Talk at Nest Talk or Baltimore Feather at ba Be More Feather on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search either Nest Talk or Baltimore Feather on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Linfont. Um, if you want to email uh, us uh, at Nest Talk, you can do you can uh, email us at Nest Talk at BaltimoreFeather.com. That's N E S T T A L K at BaltimoreFeather.com. Uh, hope to see you all next week. Maybe the Ravens will get a win. Uh, against the Rams, and uh, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But uh, see you all next week on the next episode of Nest Talk.